Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, there you go. So that's CKNW's Jeremy Lai, uh, who's covering the protest in Vancouver. A number of different protests happening around the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Uh, protest here today as well. Some some goofs. Uh, zip-tied themselves to the doors at the Kinder Morgan office downtown. So it's an interesting jumping-off point to this next conversation. Who's behind these protests? Are, are there foreign organizations that are behind this? Is there foreign money behind some of this? And are we getting a skewed picture of how people in B.C. feel about all of this? Well, our next guest had some interesting thoughts on all of that, a piece this week in the Financial Post. Suzanne Anton is a former attorney general for B.C., the former MLA for Vancouver Fraserview, and she joins us on the line here this afternoon. Suzanne, great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. A pleasure, Rob. Uh, you know, for Albertans, I think, you know, we're trying to understand where B.C.'s at. Obviously, I mean, we see what the B.C. government says about it. We see what B.C.-based environmental groups say about it. What's your sense, though, of where the people of B.C. are at on this? Well, interestingly, my sense has always been that B.C. people generally are supportive of the pipeline. And that was actually confirmed in a poll, a very recent poll, which had about 45% in favor or somewhat in favor, about 35% not in favor, and about 20% who didn't have an opinion one way or the other. So that, although it's not overwhelming, it's actually relatively strong support in favor of the pipeline. I think people understand Alberta's case. So why does it seem like there's uh, such hostility and resistance to this? The hostility and resistance, of course, is very noisy and very public, and, as one of the points of my article, very well financed out of the United States. And that is the really very interesting unknown. You know, people come after me and they say, well, Kinder Morgan's finance out of the United States. Well, you know whose, Morgan, whose money Kinder Morgan is spending. You don't know whose money is being spent handing it over to these various protest groups in British Columbia. You don't know whose money it is. It comes out of Tides Foundation in the States and other foundations. But, but whose is it? Where did it come from? What is it directed at? We know there's been a long-standing campaign to landlock Canadian oil, but why? This, that's a very interesting question, and I think it's one that a lot of people are starting to explore and be interested in. Well, it's interesting, because you document in your piece where some of these groups have actually bragged about this, or they, they've boasted about this. There's a group called 350.org, and their co-founder, um, a guy called uh, Bill McKibben, loves to come up to Canada and tell us how to manage our Canadian energy policy. And if you read their 2016 annual report, they boast about the fact 99 youths were arrested in Quebec. Well, I'm a parent. If my kids had gone down and got themselves arrested at the behest of some foreign organization on behalf of some foreign interest, I would have been extremely upset. 
You don't know what an arrest is going to lead to. Now, most of these kids would have been arrested and then, you know, let go. But if, if you have a criminal charge or, an, or even an arrest, it can cause you lifelong problems. So for these guys to boast that they're giving kids in Quebec potentially lifelong difficulties, I don't think so. Right. Now, I mean, I get that some of these activists see their, their cause as a global one and, you know, the borders aren't significant and they want to help their, their comrades in, in other countries like here in Canada. But I don't know, is the objective here merely environmental activism or are there other vested interests that, that want to keep Canadian oil landlocked for other reasons? Well, if we knew whose money was going into tides and then being spent, $40 million has gone out to anti-pipeline activities anti-Canadian pipeline activities. So it's not being, you know, it's not, we're not protesting Saudi oil or Venezuelan oil. It's a protest against Canadian oil. And while that's going on, of course, the United States has built its oil supply. The other countries, of course, are developing their supplies. And the world is more dependent on oil than ever. And, and you know, Rob, and I know that Albert is a, a well-educated audience on this, There is nothing that we eat. There is nowhere that we travel. There is nothing that we do that is not reliant on fossil fuels, essentially, unless you pick an apple off your tree. You know, we are, our world still very, very reliant on fossil fuels. So why are we insisting that Canadian oil get sold at a discount to the United States because it cannot reach world markets? Right. There are those who say that, look, I mean, if we, we build pipelines like this, that we're, we're not able to tackle the problem of climate change, we're not able to meet climate change targets, that it somehow precludes us from implementing meaningful environmental policy. Did you see a conflict there, though? If, um, if the world was going off oil, perhaps, but the world is not going off oil. The world is only not able to get some of the most environmentally high standard oil in the world, namely for that produced in Alberta. And supporting good family supporting jobs in Alberta. Uh, I think it's, you know, nobody's stopping uh, Canadian, as, as your Premier Rachel Notley said in Vancouver not long ago, nobody's stopping BC forest exports getting to the world. So why is BC trying to stop um, Alberta oil exports getting to the world? There's no logic to it. Right. Well, and, you know, our premier was even commenting today, uh, or her or, uh, energy minister was, about the hypocrisy of the B.C. government to, to take such a firm stance against uh, pipeline projects. But the announcement yesterday we saw about LNG and, you know, hey, look, it's great if, if B.C. wants and, and is able to develop LNG resources. That's going to be good for B.C. It's going to be good for Canada. But it, it does seem like hypocrisy, doesn't it? Well, I am absolutely not in favor of the current BC government's attitude towards the pipeline, the fact that they say they're going to stand in its way. I served, I was under Premier Christy Clark's government, and she had some five pretty tough conditions, and people, right. you know, took issue, oh, how dare she have those conditions. Those conditions were met. They were, they were worked very hard between uh, British Columbia and Trans Mountain expansion, and the conditions were met, the approvals were given. It is very wrong of a new premier to come in and say, I'm going to stand in the way of the exports of our neighboring province uh, just because I don't like the look of it. You know, it, it's really poor of Horgan, and I, he's come around on LNG, and I, I'm happy about that. Uh, it's time he came around on Alberta oil as well. You know, despite it all, you know, you, your, your piece this week sounds an optimistic tone, that, that you still believe that we can get these, these projects done. I am an optimist. I see the world through gold-colored glasses. <laughs> yeah. I do think that 
I do think that we can get them done. I think we can get this expansion of pipeline done. I know it's very hard on Trans Mountain, and I think they must be extraordinarily patient as, as they probably gnash their teeth in the back rooms. But um, but I, 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 I think that these protesters really are a bit of a fringe movement. They're, as I said, they're supported by money out of the United States. And um, I, I don't think that the public of British Columbia is with them. I, I think it would be extremely helpful if the government of British Columbia was also not with them. And that's probably a big part of the problem. Um, let me mention one more thing, which is First Nations interest, because they often say, oh, First Nations don't want this. And, of course, that's not true. Most 51 First Nations along the route want this pipeline to be built. There's a few right here in the Lower Mainland who do not, but most of them do. They need the economic development. They want the economic development. They want their kids to do well, just like all of us. And uh, so we should not be standing in the way of this for Alberta's sake, and we should not be standing in the way of this for British Columbia's sake. Yeah, well said. Uh, Suzanne, we'll leave it there. People can read your piece. It's uh, up at uh, financialpost.com. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. There you go. That's Suzanne Anton, uh, former Attorney General Minister of Justice in BC, the former uh, MLA for Vancouver Fraser View. So her thoughts on what's really going on here. Uh, so it's interesting. It comes on a day where we got these protests happening. We've got Elizabeth May as well as this other new Democrat MP, uh, Kennedy Stewart, I believe the name is. Uh, both have been arrested. Uh, well, deservedly so, I got to say. You, you hate to see a situation where elected politicians are being arrested, but you don't have a blank check to break the law and you can protest lawfully, right? It's not as though we've got a Gestapo out there rounding up legitimate peaceful protesters. If you're breaking the law, you're going to be arrested or you should be. If they're not being arrested, then maybe we'd actually have a problem. Anyway, 974-8255. As mentioned, uh, Rachel Notley taking a shot at her B.C. counterpart today as John Horgan whines about gas prices. I think that there are a lot of ways in which uh, the uh, province of B.C. can ensure an adequate supply of gasoline in order to uh, uh, combat against the ridiculous prices that they play in the lower mainland. Isn't it ironic that B.C. Premier John Horgan doesn't like energy infrastructure but wants cheap gasoline, too? 403-974-8255. Back with your calls right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.